0: And welcome. I'm your host, Julian Moss Backman, and this is Change Already Your Future, Your Choice. I promise today is really going to be the last show of the series that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks called Power in the Quiet Moments. If you were listening on last Tuesday or Thursday, whenever it was, um, I did a show on Rick Santorum and the colors that I saw around him, and we'll talk about that in. A few minutes but i want to say to you i promise that i will take care of the meditation and wrap everything up today we've been talking about meditation and its lasting effects that you can have if you commit yourself to the exercises that i've been talking about on a regular basis during and throughout your day in my opinion You all know how I love meditation, but for some reason, it's been pigeonholed into this odd sense and being labeled as a technique that only works on calming stress or it's a form of relaxation. And yes, of course, this is one of its greatest selling points because we all suffer from that overstimulation and exhaustion from our everyday life that we've created for ourselves. But what most people don't seem to get is that there's a lot of other attributes associated with meditation other than just for relaxation and rest. Many of you have been asking me what else can you use meditation for? Well, I have learned to use it in so many different ways. One of my favorite ways is by tapping into its creative nature. It really can take you to that Space that we all need every once in a while to do a good writing skills or creatively put something together or even a talk you're doing, and it also helps break through those stalemate times in both personal relationships and professional plateaus. How many times during the week, months, years do we get in that stalemate with ourselves where? We've outgrown what we've already done, but we're not sure where to go next. Meditation is an awesome technique for those kind of things in our life, but for some reason, we've got it going in our heads that it's only for a certain aspect of calmness. And how often are we able and willing to drop everything that we're doing and go search for the answers somewhere else outside ourselves rather than turning inward and looking within ourselves for those answers through meditation. Really, how many of us know ourselves better than anybody else? Meditation can bridge that gap between reuniting our divided selves. You know how you get so conflicted and we do those, pro list and con list and everything else and we seem to divide ourselves and we can't get ourselves reunited in a goal or where we want to go next. I find meditation is a great way to bring around resolutions in that kind of predicament and it doesn't cost anything and you can do it anywhere else. It really is the best solution to try to find yourself And give yourself some clarity and answers. And I bet you can really find those answers within yourself. My hope by adding and giving value to meditation and doing this entire series that you all become accustomed to and turning to that aspect of meditation techniques and make it second nature for you. I really want you to let go of all these strange stigmas that has become associated in certain circles around us. It's really not that exciting, you guys. I'm telling you, it's more about learning to know yourself, connecting within and finding that energy of your own source to be your own best problem solver. People are blowing it way out of proportion. It's not mind-altering. It's not that exciting. It's more of just a matter of tapping in and getting and letting go of your mind and getting quiet so you can hear your own inner whispers. It really has that effect of cutting through all the negativity. Think about your day and how much negativity there is, how much anger there is, how much stuff we have to deal with on a regular basis and how challenging it is, all of us to stay positive within our circumstances. You can really turn towards meditation techniques and use the three that I've been talking about. Really learn to depend on this intimate connection that you have with yourself. And you'll be able to access it any time of the day. I think people get caught up in this regimented idea that it has to be at a certain time, a certain day, a certain hour. And for your information, the majority of the time, people wake up between the hours of 2 a.m. and 7 a.m., and those are the times that we're supposed to be meditating. The body kind of naturally wakes itself up, but we force it to go back into a sleep mode. Really try the next time that you wake up between 2 and 7 in the morning that you can get up and try that meditation. This is what I'm talking about, incorporating it in your day. Whenever the mood calls you to get quiet, you should really heed that inner warning from yourself. You know, I've even been known to stop my car on the side of the road, and I'm not kidding. I see a place where I can sit and meditate and get quiet. And usually it's around nature areas or parks. Or things that are quiet and out of the way. I really just get out of my car and I sit. Or sometimes I've even known to be planking every once in a while. For those of you that don't know what planking is, now it's that new term and it's the new craze throughout the United States. It's where you lay down. But you, uh, Planking is more about just laying down and soaking in the energy of nature all around you. Be surprised how quickly you can revitalize your soul and stay there until you feel that balance coming back, and it really takes that little edge off the days that you're feeling a little bit off-kilter. In the last program that I just mentioned, I talked about Rick Santorum and the color hues that I saw around him the other day at that restaurant when he came in unannounced to the people during my lunch and dinner session with my best friend. I wanted to finish my thoughts from that last program because I think we have to come full circle with what what I said on that program. Now, if you missed it, you can go back to Blog Talk Radio and look under the archives on my program um, in my actual page, Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, and you can see it in there, and I think it was, I don't know, Tuesday or Thursday, I'm sorry, I can't remember. That was so long ago. Anyway. I want to talk and close this half hour with the grounding exercises meditation I've been trying to share, but I want to go back to those colors. And I was talking about the colors that I saw around him, and the first question a lot of people asked me after that show was, do I see colors around everyone that I see? Well, the simple answer to that question is yes. But I think that the reason Rick Santorum caught my attention the other day was because it was so blatantly in front of me and he's such a highly recognizable person that it was just right in front of me and I couldn't really miss it. So, yes, I do see colors around everybody, but it isn't as forthcoming as it was the other day when I saw Rick Santorum in the restaurant. If you want to read more about the back of how I started seeing colors and what the colors mean, go find my book, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition, and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown. But I do have to make a concerted effort to notice those colors. And I'm not sure if his was so bright because he's on stage, so to speak, or my intuition was like so heightened that it was just right in front of me. And I couldn't really miss it. But on the last show, I ran out of time, and I want to go to the second part of the colors that I saw, which was the challenges that come with the hues that I saw on him. As you recall, I told you there were two prominent colors I saw. The Excuse me, the first one was red, and it was his primary ring, the one that you're born with and stay with, and then the secondary ring that changes all the time, with orange, with slivers of green on the outside circle. So here are the challenges for him. Now, you have to be very careful with red because it's one of those tricky colors that is so individualized it adapts to each personality that I'm viewing it with. So when I'm talking about red for him, it's in his particular case, in his case only. In my opinion, red represents grounding, of the spiritual thoughts and ideologies into the physical world like I talked about. In other words, this guy really believes in his platform that he's going for. And the challenge he's going to have, as we've seen already, is that he's going to have a hard burden grounding and connecting those ideas with the rest of us in the physical sense. I mean in the past, He's been in, I've been in company with people that have a conflict between their spiritual beliefs and what they believe in and their actual physical identities that they've created in the world. And I have to say, this guy really did stand for his spiritual beliefs, and it's really incongruent with what he's putting out in the world. They really do align with his physical identity, but he's really going to have an uphill battle convincing the rest of us to buy into his own platform and belief system. So you gotta give the guy some credit. He's at least putting out there what he spiritual believes and I saw that in the red undertones, but he's really going to have trouble trying to figure out how to connect with the rest of the population. You know, and I talked about the little minor slip up to City Habi has during this whole campaign. And he has these little breakthroughs that do show snippets of his really deep, and I mean deep, convictions that he has on living his truth as he sees it, which will be a challenge, so watch for those. I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the scene, but we can see. Now, the orange ring represents that unsureness of how he's supposed to interject himself into this whole process. How much of his own personality right now is he sh- supposed to show through? There's a fine line between who you are in the public world and who you are in the private world. And I really got off this guy that he wants to be as authentic as possible, but the circumstances that he's under right now warrant that he creates this other faith. Let's be honest. American politics is a pretty nasty business. And it really does require a sense of separation between two halves of themselves. Yet, we as the public, we really demand that they be and live their true selves as much as possible. So it does put them in this quandary situation of how much is too much and not enough and everything else. You have to keep in mind they're really putting a persona out in the world of who they are and it may not represent all of their true self. The orange part of himself that I saw last week, this guy is really unsure of where that line is right now. He really wants to be and share his true self, but he's not quite sure what that looks like in the world. I felt the same way a couple of years ago about Obama when he was running for the same office. The two things that they have in common is they both have hearts in the right places. I really believe that they believe in what they're doing but they have a challenge, a challenge between balancing the person as a public servant and a normal human being like the rest of us. Now, Obama has been able to figure that out, and it's starting to live it, but it's a precarious situation to really throw yourself into, and I really got from the orange hue that Santorum is still trying to figure that out. Well, and, you know, we don't know how, long, how much longer it's going to be, but I can tell you one thing. He's really grown from this experience, and he's learning to adapt and change because I can see that in the colors as they were muting together. Rest assured, even if this guy doesn't make it through this round, he's going to be back, and it's been like a training ground for him in the realm of politics, and there will be more to come. After the break, I want to present the last exercise on grounding meditation and how we can start that in our own daily practices. So we'll be right back with Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Welcome back to Change Already Your Future, Your Choice. I'm your host, Jillian Moss Backman. In this last segment of this series, Quiet Power in the Quiet Moments, I want to go over that last meditative technique that I use all the time and teach with my clients. It's called the grounding exercise. My favorite way to visit with clients is by devoting several days in a row back to back, and I I see clients one right after the other with very few breaks here and there for lunch and just a little, a respite. But I do this because my work demands full, my full attention. When that happens, I literally have to disconnect from the outside world and retreat into my own hotel room like a cocoon in hiding. It gives me a real deep sense of safety both emotionally, physically and mentally and I can unplug energetically and concentrate on my work at hand which is helping my clients out with their own issues. But by doing that, I become somewhat of a danger to myself. I become lightheaded and in a meditative state of creativity that I was talking about earlier and it really feels like I'm half in my body and half out of my body. My listening skills are heightened and I really pay attention with great intent to what my clients are saying to me. You know, the only way that I can describe it to people is like, you know, when you're drifting off in, in school and you go into that daydream state, your mind gets a little fuzzy but you're still attuned to what everything is going on around you and your action times are somewhat slow because you're just in this state of meditation. Your mind seems to be somewhere else, but yet you can function. This is the state that I'm talking about when I talk about the meditation of replenishing exercise. Your mind, your body, and your soul are open to this world of other energies. And it can affect the body in all different ways. That's a great thing about meditation. I can give you some jump-off points of what I feel within myself. But until you really jump into it and start working, you really can't identify when you get there or how you know, or there's a few little little tips along the way that I can give. It really you start getting lightheadedness and sometimes even a dizziness. And then you get that disconnect feeling like you're floating in the cloud. Literally it feels like your body is just has no lines or figure. It just kind of just evens out like a, like a plane. This is when your mind starts to begin retain, gaining that calmness and balance, and you can really reach another place and do that inner work of soul work of connecting within yourself. It really does have a tendency, though, to feel like you're detached from the rest of the universe, and it really is dangerous to be out and about when you're like this. You're not really present in the moment whatsoever. And the reality is you can't live in the clouds forever. you got to come back to the rest of us. (laughs) But you want to take that state of harmony and balance and calmness intact and bring it back in. This is when the grounding exercise becomes essential for each one of you to learn how to do. So you can't just do the replenishing and not ground yourself. You have to be able to come back to planet Earth with the rest of us. You can't live in the crowds forever. So the first order of business is to really get to know yourself when you're way out there on overload and you feel like you're separated from the task in front of you. You know, when you, things are coming at you but you're not quite assimilating right or or you're in another creative world that the challenge you to get out of your head and in a different place. Your mind starts to wander and things start sounding muting in the background. This should be your red flag that you've disconnected from the rest of us. Now, there's no problem like I do when I'm working in the hotel room by myself. I don't go anywhere. And you have to create a space that can accommodate that sudden departure from the world and the rest of us. You really need to stay put and in some kind of signal, your soul will be telling you what your body needs and the mind will check in every once in a while to let you know that you're safe and in a space where you can go out into the world. The next thing you're looking for is that there will be a signal come back to the rest of us. You're not going to get lost in the zone. You're not going to go over into bad country. You're not... Nothing like that's going to happen because your mind, your body, and your soul will let you know you've had enough. And you'll intrinsically feel when it's time to come back home, so to speak. I don't want you to rush yourself, but set yourself up for success. So place yourself out of harm's way and know that you're going to detach and know that you're going to ground yourself when you need to when you come back. You know, I've been doing it for so long, I'm used to knowing when I'm in and out. And one day I was doing the work and I jumped into my car after working all day and I literally creamed my entire car on a concrete pole on backing out of my car. I was so ungrounded. This guy was even standing there telling me to stop and it didn't register till I got done. Now, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, and I I label that body slamming. In other words, you go right back into your body with a vengeance, and you want to make this grounding exercise a transition from being way out, coming back into the present moment. So you have to keep an internal eye on what's going on around you all the time. This exercise is going to help you get back into the world that you've cut off. So here's what you want to do. At first, it is going to feel like you're disoriented, and you want to take a few minutes to settle down in your mind, your body, and your soul. We don't want that body slamming back into reality. It's the same kind of controlled message that I told you on replenishing, but we're going to take it a little bit different. The Replenishing Meditation, I encourage you the breath to be airy and gives you a tingling sensation as it goes through your body and exhales and inhales this tingling, airing feeling. Now, the grounding breath, you have to do with a different intent. I want you to see the breath laden with heaviness. You can use the same breathing techniques as I described earlier in the last couple shows. But this time, I want you to think of your breath as carrying the smell of earth. Earth has a density to it, like the air right after someone cuts the grass. Or remember that dirt smell you had when you played in the mud as a kid, that real musty, heavy, dense kind of earth. I want you to think about that as you breathe it in. And literally, as it goes through your body, think about putting rocks in your pocket. When you put rocks in your pocket, it weighs you down. You want to fill every crevice of your weight of your body with this really heavy energy until you feel it to your extremities first. That's your feet and your hands. Is. feel it moving to the core body part, your stomach and your organs, and your core self. And eventually, it will go out to your head and to your brain. Once you get that feeling sending back into yourself, you're going to feel a heaviness of coming back to the here and now. You'll be able to feel an energy and energize different than the other two exercises I described before. Now, don't jump right up from that. That's not your signal to finish. It's your signal that you've arrived and really feel yourself connecting with the physical plane you're on. Feel yourself coming back into the moment. And if you need to, use some physical power words to get you and statements to get you back into the zone of where you need to be. You want to take your time with this. You don't want to jump into it. But it is not as long majority of the time as it is for the replenishing one. This one takes about five to seven minutes. Once you get it down and you'll begin to understand how all three of these meditations should be involved in your life. You want to learn how to accommodate them in your natural rhythm. So if you're driving down the road and you see somewhere where you need to replenish, jump out of your car. And get to it. Or if you're not feeling grounded, jump out of your car because it's dangerous and feel yourself grounding in this meditative kind of state that will help you get into the moment at hand. Now, remember, the ebooks are coming and the ebooks are going to go into great detail of all three exercises and meditations in general of how you can start doing these exercises on a regular basis. I have all expectations that you're going to get those ebooks and really incorporate one of my favorite things I do every day in my life. I, I can't imagine my life without meditation now. I've lived both worlds and I realized how important quiet moments are for clarity and just keeping your sanity in this, crazy world nowadays. You can go to my website and it will have more information on how you can download those ebooks. But for the next couple weeks in April, I'm only going to be on Thursdays at noon for a while until I finish the book and then I'll pop back on to two days a week. I'm going to be in Davenport, Iowa, yay, April 13th at Barnes & Noble, from 6.30 to about 8.30, having a conversation about my book, and you'll be able to ask me any more questions from the show or the book that you might have. But between now and then, I really want you to get involved in meditation. And remember, change does not have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. So I will see you next Thursday. On my show, Blog Talk Radio, High Noon, as always, I will see you then.